Welcome to The Player's Voice, a podcast brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. My name is Alan O'Mara, a former Cavan goalkeeper now working as a performance and wellbeing consultant. And this week, I'm delighted to be joined by Patrick Horgan. 2022 was a year to remember for the Cork Talisman as he became the top scorer of all time in the Hurling Championship. In recent months, Horgan also became a dad for the first time and founded a new business called Pro Hurling. Now 34 years of age, he discusses how hurling still finds new ways to challenge him and he confirms that after 15 seasons of inter-county hurling, he is determined to continue playing for Cork. Horgan also discusses how working with a sports psychologist helped him achieve better sports life balance and how much he's enjoyed creating Pro Hurling, Ireland's first hurling e-academy. To find out more, go to www.prohurling.ie. This podcast is brought to you as part of Bio360, a GPA program that empowers inter-county players across four key areas, life skills, well-being, dual career and transitions. Please go to bio360.gaelicplayers.com to learn more. Thanks for listening. Patrick, thanks a million for joining us on the Players Voice podcast. I suppose I just want to touch base, see how you've been since the Cork season has ended and what have the last few weeks been like? Yeah, thanks very much for having me on. Um, I suppose, yeah, uh, it's been hard to... Uh, you know, for the last couple of weeks after uh, losing how we did to Galway uh, in a game, I thought we were probably overall the better team, but obviously the better team doesn't always win on the day. And Galway were, uh, yeah, they were, they won the game and that's what they set out to do, obviously, and beat us by a point and they're on. They move on this weekend against Limerick and, you know, we're, we're obviously not happy about it and we could have been... Uh, we, we thought we could have performed a lot better on the day on top of our missed chances and uh, the goals that went in against us. Um, it just kind of all went against us on the day, we felt. And uh, yeah, it's just disappointing. Does does losing that game by such a tight margin make it that bit harder to swallow? Um, not losing. Lo- losing anyway is, is hard. Um, I suppose we had a good enough year as regards, got to the league final and we didn't perform the league final either, but um, the Munster Championship wasn't going great for us early on, but we, we turned it around and we thought we were going the right direction, you know, we had something to build on. Um, and I just think, uh, just whatever happened up in Taurus against Galway, like nothing kind of, nothing went right, like uh, even looking on, like um, our amount of missed chances just cost us too much. That's, it's not like us really. Um, Usually we're more efficient with our uh, with our shooting and um, yeah, Galway took the two goals in the first half and really put us on the back foot. That was basically it, you know. And those it's like the couple of weeks that follow, Patrick, when that kind of void is there via your uh, all the way up to that leading in. You know, you've a couple of trains a week and there's kind of that focus and you're in that bubble. What's it like when that kind of that bubble pops or that journey ends for another season? Is it difficult kind of adjusting to that change of pace? Yeah, that's that's definitely a difference, and it's it's tough. It's tough at the time because uh, obviously hurling and football for other players, uh, it's it's our lives, and um, like every day is filled up with something, whether that's a training session, uh, recovery, or even down to your sleep and diet. Like every minute of the day, you're uh, you're thinking about your sport, and 
uh, the referee blows the whistle after in a championship game and you lose like in that the whole lot of that ends you do go back to the club like but you take a couple of weeks of a break or something like that and back to the club but it's uh it's a it's a tough kind of situation to to deal with at the time um the break is good when, when you look back at it you say yeah i needed that break or whatever but when you're in the bubble it's hard um when it's taken away from you you know and like just listening to you there like when you're someone that's in that bubble are you kind of is your character your nature that kind of all in in terms of sleep recovery the extra bits on the side training is that something you kind of pride yourself in and and kind of part of who you are yeah i think um at the level the ga has gone to uh i think that's the way you have to be i think everybody is like that now um especially like with me like uh and i've been playing McCork say 15 years like as, as the years go on you kind of have to look at it more and more because you're trying to squeeze like half percenters out of yourself and how will I get that and it's recovery and it's eating and it's sleeping and it's down to the fine margins when you get to that and um, but overall I think every player is like that if, if you're not like that I don't think you'll, you'll last too long uh, playing comfy to be honest and then you mentioned the like the longevity of your career there, I think you said 2008, would it be 2008, 15 years? Yeah, 2008, yeah, Tipperary. So obviously this year on a personal level, was there was a significant achievement for yourself in terms of surpassing Joe and becoming the all-time top scorer in the Hurling Championship. I think by by my quick maths now, so after I looked at the article and added the extra bit, you 20, 22 goals 516 points since you made your debut in the championship is that what's it like hearing those numbers kind of thrown back at you yeah it's a, uh, it's it feels like uh that's not even that's not even kind of possible to do but i suppose over 15 years and a lot of championship games and and all the rest of it I, like you probably will get to that number like but it's 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 something obviously i look back at uh in years to come and obviously like the way Hurland's going you see the scores every week that's going to be passed like it's it's always there to be passed and it's going to be passed so um, I suppose when when Henry did it there a couple of years ago nobody thought anybody get anywhere close mm. to him but um, the way Hurland's going that's the way it is but it's nice to have it for now and uh, obviously when I look back at it when I start playing like it, it'll be something to be proud of obviously you know what do you think, say, someone had to pull you aside on that day in 2008 when you made your debut and said to you, hey, listen, boy, if by the time 2022 rolls around, you're going to have scored this and be the all-time top scorer in the Hurling Championship, you think, what do you think that younger version of yourself would have said or how he would have felt about it? Yeah, it's crazy because you see, um, you know, like around that time, like they've, you, your Henry, Owen Kelly, Tipperary, all in for this, our fellas, I just thought were gods, like, you know, Um and players like I really looked up to and like even to pass any of them like is just ridiculous like and for Joe to do it even last year like a massive achievement as well like all these players like are like fellas you know when you hear their names you're like whoa they were good like you know what I mean they were class so uh, it's just nice to to have that you know what I mean they've all they've they've the medals and that's something I'm still chasing mm -hmm. but uh, this is only a small uh, small token really do you think in relation to the medals that the fact that Cork haven't got over the line to an All-Ireland in the years you've been playing, do you think that kind of prevents you or stops you from fully maybe appreciating that individual achievement as of now? Um, like I, I always say in, in any interview, like when I'm, when I'm asked about winning All-Irelands and, oh, you haven't got there yet and this and that. So 
like the one thing I I keep going back to like is if if, if winning all Ireland is obviously everybody's goal, the start of every year, and uh, it's it's my goal and it's our goal with Cork. Um, that's why we go train. That's why we play really. But we, like the more I look at it, it's actually not why we play because if if that's why I was playing, it would have been a poor enough fifteen years. You know what I mean? And it would have been like a waste of fifteen years. Whereas I would actually look back at it and say, like. I enjoyed hurling. I still love playing hurling. I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, like, would a medal have, have made any better? Possibly. And only because it would have made memories within the 15 years a bit better and you'd have more, a uh, bit of more, I suppose, partying and all that. We're winning in all Ireland, but as, uh, if I take my 15 years as a whole, like, I enjoyed a lot of it. Like, and mm. uh, no medal is probably disappointing so far, but like, still I really enjoyed it and that's probably the most the most important thing like if if any kid like is a uh, is playing hurling at their club and they set out if you set out to start winning you might just don't play hurling like just don't play GA like you have to start out to, to just enjoy what you do like when you go down training go down looking forward to it and come home come home on the Tuesday night looking forward to Thursday already you know if you start going down thinking oh we have to win or we have to win this or we have to win that. It's kind of, it's not really a great way to look at it, I think. Anyway. That's my own thinking. Maybe it's because I don't have a medal, but. <laughs> no, I think it's such an important point you raised there because, you know, ultimately, like, that's just for the simplicity of it, like there's 32 counties in Ireland and competing in different competitions and there can only be such a few finite amount of winners and, just because one team wins doesn't mean the other, you know, 31 are failures in that year. And I think that's kind of one of the points that you're touching upon there. And I suppose the other thing I'm curious about listening to you is what are the parts of it that you that you enjoy the most or that like really, you know, as you, you're at a point in your life now where you can kind of reflect back and kind of comfortably, you've got enough years and data and information there to reflect back on. Like what are the things that you've really enjoyed to this point of the journey? Um, Being honest with you, like, all parts of it, like, I suppose we get called for training. Um, training's at half six, quarter seven, and you're late. If you're there and you're later than five, and that's not a joke. Uh, the reason being is we obviously love each other's company down there. Uh, really close friends off the field as well. And I suppose just going down training every Tuesday, Thursday, and whatever day at the weekend, and just trying to get a small bit better all the time and uh, try do things that you're struggling with and just the whole process of it, the whole, like everything about um, becoming a better player is what I'm kind of obsessed with. Uh, and I think it's a bit of a, I think I'm a bit crazy sometimes, like, uh, you know, how much I think about improving, like, and uh, yeah, that's that's basically the answer. I just, I just love every part of it. I kind of pick... The- from what you're saying there, I kind of hear like that, t- like getting to spend time with like-minded people. Um, and then as well as it being a game and a sport that you are clearly passionate about and love, but it all, it sounds like it also adds to your, like your way of life or your lifestyle in other ways too, does it? Yeah. Like, um, another, another big part of it is like, um, sharing information with fellas, like, um, you fellas in the same position as you, like on the, on the panel and, they might want to hear from you. You might you might see them doing something, and you're like, oh, geez, that, like he got a bit of space from 
whatever he just done there and, you know, sharing that information between you and uh, getting better that way. And yeah, like you can't be in a, in a better environment than that where everybody is looking for the fella next time to be better as well. You know, and not just like looking out for yourself and uh, not going to tell them anything or everybody getting better together and growing together. And I think that's that's important to have in a, in a, a panel as well. Yeah, and in terms of then kind of like the the peaks and troughs and the highs and lows of of playing for your county, and yes, you get to experience those benefits on a day to day and a week to week. I suppose one of the things just in in recent times of when I look back at that you started the Antrim and Galway games from the bench, and I think I read that that was like the first time since two thousand and ten you had been kept back and come on in a game. What was that like for you? Was that an adjustment in terms of your role, your identity? Was it a surprise to you? Uh, yeah, uh, it was a surprise to me because I still, like, taking out the age thing out of it, I still think, um, you know, I can I can play at, at that high level still, hopefully. Um, and I just thought at the time, I, 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 I don't know what happened uh, in and around there, but I obviously, as anybody would, I was just disappointed that I wasn't playing and um, kind of trained harder, if anything, around that time. And... Uh, yeah, uh, whatever I done, I just didn't like. I don't pick the team, so <laughs> all I can do is play, and that's that's what I was trying to do. Um, but uh, yeah, like I don't know what else to really say about it other than I was disappointed, and sure, uh, that's like there's only fifteen fellas happy when a team's named on Thursday night. The rest, like, there's another. If there was thirty six on the panel, there's another twenty one upset. Like, so uh, I was just one of them this time, and uh, yeah, I thought. Everybody that took to the field for us this year, like, uh, brought pos- positives as well. So you can't exactly say I should be playing before him or him or him. It's a very competitive environment, and um, that's exactly what the Cork environment is as well. Did that lead to any tough conversations with other players or management? Or was your, I know, kind of because I kind of picked it up off you there, was your reaction somewhat to just get back to work and double down into to training and what you should be doing? Yeah, um, kind of looked at myself more than anything, and uh, just thought, how can I, how can I, uh, you know, push on again harder, even or whatever I needed to do. And uh, yeah, I felt, to be honest, I, I felt like I'd done that in the space of time um, between those games. And uh, yeah, it wasn't to be. Um, the other players that came in, I thought were really good. They're like we've we've savage players all over the field. So as I say. Like they're giants of men, they're able to move, they're savage skill in the panel. So as I say, as I said well ago, the team was named and already we're sharing advice like on uh, you know, different kind of movements and different kind of whatever. Uh that's just how we are. Like we're we're all good buddies, so that's that's how it worked. Uh, just, I suppose, just because it was such a like a change in terms of what your role had been previously coming on at, you come on a half time in the Galway game, Patrick, right? Yeah. So what, like, what, where was your mindset or mentality from an individual perspective there when you've been watching the action in the first half and like your season and the games in a melting pot? Kind of what's going through your brain as someone being introduced into a game at that stage? Um, I actually found it harder to to catch my wind when I came on. Uh, you know, because whatever warm up you do, like you're not going to get your second wind during that. So when you get your second wind during the game, I'd say there's probably people saying. He's down his hands and knees. There he's only on two minutes, so <laughs> that's probably. Uh... <laughs> but um, 
That's when they are saying you are too old. <laughs> that's, that's, that's probably it, Jesus. They're all right, yeah. They're all <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, um, I was ready from, the, like, from, from minute one uh, that day as well. Uh, do you know, because you just don't know what could happen. Like, someone could get injured or someone could, I don't know, even a blood something or something like that. So from, from, I warmed up the same as always. Um, I was actually striking the ball really nicely. And they actually in the warm up thinking, Jesus, I'm in the ball well. But um, yeah, just get being ready, and I suppose then got the call at half time, and it was just normal. Went into the dressing room, and everything was just normal after. Boys were chatting away, and we went on. And then in terms of, so you're, you just turned thirty four, I think, Patrick, right? Yeah. I know that people obviously start talking about age, and I know we've talked already about kind of just being a number, and it's more about like your lifestyle and how you look after yourself. Is like is is your hope and expectation to continue playing next year? Yeah, like, um, like I'm not going to say I want this or I want that because I'm only a player and when, mm-hmm. the, when the manager is picked, whoever the manager is, I don't know. Um, it's it's not in my hands really, you know what I mean? All I can do is play as hard as I can on the field and with the club and try and, uh, uh, try and impress someone to get a call in. That's basically it. Um, it's, not up to, it's not up to me to say, oh yeah, I want to play or give me a show or whatever. It's not like that. Um, I'll be just same as everybody. Uh, whoever comes in, uh, we just need to be impressed by whatever you do. And if he is, he'll call you. If, if he's not, you just won't be in his plans, you know. But you're saying though, like that passion and that kind of fire in you for for intercounty for hurling at intercounty level is still burning in you as of right now, right? Yeah, I love it. What's still driving you? So there's th- that love there, that kind of lifestyle. Is 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 that what's is that what's still driving you forward? Yeah. Uh... I don't know, it's just something I've always had. Uh, and even like, I remember years ago, like uh, playing with the Glen, uh, Tomás Mull was actually our manager at the time and he'd come into the Glen most days and hunt me out of it. Uh, you know, to keep a bit in you or, you know, don't burn yourself out or don't mentally drain yourself or anything like that. Like, and I was like hiding and everything in the field like so he wouldn't see me. Just so I could stay for longer, you know. What, what year was this? Oh, this uh, it was. I was playing senior with the Glen anyway, so it was around the mid two thousands, I'd say. Okay, and if, but even at that young age, you're just encapsulated by it. You're in the pitch and you're you're all in on it. He was like, "Go home, will ya?" And I was like, <laughs> "Why is he saying go home? Like, I'm just I'm not going to get sick of it." Like, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's even from then. Like, it's it's been the same, and even now. Um, Something about if the training went on the whole night, I'd stay there the whole night, you know what I mean? No, I totally hear you. And I mean, having that that story is so funny. I've been, been told to go home and hide, <laughs> hiding in bushes. But like like having that passion and it sounds like the game and even just our conversation so far, it's added so much to who you are as a person and to your life. But I suppose like the obvious question is, have you ever, have you thought about retirement in any way? Because like ultimately, whether we all like it or not, the journey has to end at some point. And I'm not, not just from inter-county, but at a club level, when the game stops in your life, have, have you given that any thought of what life might be like without hurling? Um, not much, but one thing I will say is like, grand, the love for hurling is there. And when I'm training, I'm training. But um, I do try like when I'm away from it, to be away from it then too, you know, and I find that, uh, it's actually, I find it easy enough to do whether I'm with my buddies or even small Jack now, uh, be where I am really and not like, I, I would have a lot of times before 
been out with my buddies just staring into space thinking about hurling and they're t- talking to me about completely other stuff and uh, they'd be like having to rattle me out of whatever I'm thinking, you know, so um, I got better at that, that, uh, you know, my mind is not always on hurling. Um, but I, I have taught, like, I haven't taught much about return, to be honest. Uh, but the only thing I would say is like, I've taught for a while now about this, even other players like leaving the panel after so long, you'd Nash, like, uh, was it last year or the year before? The year before, I think. Like he, he was the same as me. He was obsessed with hurling, like, and uh, loved every second of it. And he'd be on about his hurlies and grips and his whatever it is. And for you know, for fellas like him and other people all over the country, like after 10, 12, 15, well, however many years they were playing with the county, like when when they either leave or they're cut, that's it. Like I I I don't know. Like it's probably a hard thing to do. But it's probably something like someone probably needs to look into to say, you know, does he, do these boys need a hand or whatever? Like just not a hand, but just a, a chat to say, oh, look, this is how you're going to feel or this is how it is. Or, you know, it's probably not an easy place to be. Like, and that's something they've thought about for a while about other players even. Yeah. No, and that was like, ultimately, that was part of the reason why I asked the conversation, Patrick, because... Like obviously all these conversations on the players' voice we've been doing in collaboration with, with the Gaelic Players Association and like one of the key issues that will raise its head for players is significant transitions. And that can be a transition into the intercounty game. It can be a transition from going from college to work or going from work to a different job or to starting your own business. And I suppose one of the but then one of the biggest transitions is actually the exit plan on the way out. And that's why I was just curious as to if you'd given any thought. And one of the things that did jump out at me there is you all you've you've already said that probably as you've got older you found it easier to kind of switch on when you're there but then switch off when you're away from it and I kind of yeah. what has helped you be able to do that because that like that self-awareness as a mental skill is something that can it's it's a really beneficial thing as players get older kind of been able to see themselves separately as both an athlete and a person and value in both and feeding both and giving energy to both so what's worked for you in terms of being able to do that or achieving that um, I suppose I became aware of it, I suppose, in 2017, mostly, uh, when we, Gary Keegan, and with us with Cork, and I was just completely hurling, like, 24-7, and uh, he kind of, however he done it, the man, I think he's a genius, but however he done it, he he had me thinking, like, you know, when you're away from it, you're away from it, but uh, it's probably not, it's, it's not a very easy thing to do, because if you're, like... To have control over your own thoughts is uh, is not that easy, um, but yeah, like he put obviously drills in place and things like this. Uh, it worked for me, um, and I suppose it was easier knowing he kind of put it to the, the way of like, do you have all the boxes ticked, hurling wise? I'd say yeah. So why why else are you thinking about hurling? Do you know what I mean? It's just other thing like when you're away. Uh, at the time, I was going to like Dingle for a few days and stuff, and I used to even bring my phone or whatever. But it was just completely shut off from everything, and it was just yeah, it was class like to even feel it. Do you know what I mean? Because I I hadn't felt it before. Like yeah, like could you give us a little kind of more insight insight to maybe what that work was like with Gary in this situation? Because I know like we've had different players on talk about work with different sports psychologists or different performance coaches trying to achieve that, and like I just know from 
my own experience and then whether talking to people players on the podcast here or just in life that it's just it's something that players struggle with so often of just that all-consuming aspect of the sport and then kind of breaking down the athletic identity to kind of achieve bigger better pillars or a better spread of life balance so if there's any kind of insight or nuggets you could give us in terms of how you got down into that second level of I think it would be super helpful for any other players that are listening to this conversation Patrick yeah I suppose for me and I suppose uh, I'm obviously not a pro in this department but what worked for me is um, very small parts of the day probably start with a minute or two minutes of trying to have control over your thoughts and think about what uh, your breath even something as small as your breath uh, try that for two minutes and when you feel yourself drifting off realise it drift back into what you're supposed to do and, and according as it went on that time got more and more um, so say if I, I built that up to say five ten minutes every day um, there comes a time then where you have like in that ten minutes you get you know your your thoughts like are flying in and out of your head like and you have to deal with them and throw them back out and go back to where you were so I suppose when it came to me uh, say taking a break from hurling and going away for a couple of days it was the same thing but just for longer like I'm thinking of what I'm doing at the time hurling would come in I'd realise it flip back away gone again you know what I mean brilliant um, and that was just that's just a small small drill but it, it was actually so important for me like it was it's, it's mental like yeah, it's like, I know you used the word mental there, but like, like it's a mental skill, I suppose. And But likewise, if it's trying to practice a skill in hurling, like even just what you've described there, it's starting small with like a minute or two and kind of really focusing on it and working on it, but then building it up over time in a process of like, hey, I'm going to try and do this now. Now I'm doing it. And then, okay, what worked, what didn't? How am I going to do that better the next time? And just that repetition and the consistent... Yeah. and strategic practice of it. I mean, I'm obviously simplifying what you've described there, but is, does that sound like an accurate description of kind of the process you engaged yeah, with? Yeah, that's, it sounds simple, but it's mm. it's actually not that easy if you're, you know, the, for, the first time you do it, yeah. you, like, and you, you're thinking of what's going into your head, you're like, oh God, do I think this all the time or what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and would you have been uh, using any guided meditation, any music, or was it just you, peace, like just peace and quiet, just yeah, yourself? Just, no, just peace and just peace and quiet, yeah. Brilliant. No, that's like it's like it's it's self awareness. People, there's different words people will use for times of self awareness or recentering or mindfulness. Um, but it just uh, appreciate you sharing that in that way because I think it's super helpful for people to be able to kind of try and build that into their day and grow that out. And I, I know a lot of people engaging or listening will, yeah, it will take something. And from I would that. have been one. I would have been one as well for ah, you know, what's this fella doing here? Like mm. you know telling us what we're thinking like you know I just want to go and puck ball here like come on like you know what I mean but uh, it's it turns out it was actually it's probably the most important thing of the whole lot and and training ways and stuff you know yes and like to that point exactly then like this year was also a big year for you well in a number of ways I suppose we've already talked about becoming the leading scorer in the championship away from the field you also launched your own business the Pro Hurling so it's Ireland's first hurling e-academy do you want to tell us a little bit about that and where it came from? I suppose I'm kind of laughing here because we've talked, this is kind of building up Patrick Horgan, the person and, and business-wise as well, but it's also finding a neat overlap with Hurling and kind of what we spent the first 20-odd minutes of this conversation talking about. Yeah, uh, I suppose, look, Pro Hurling was just thought up of me and two of my buddies in the Glen. Um, and I suppose 
I'm kind of obsessed with the like the basic skills of the game done, I suppose, really fast because uh, they are the game, really. Um, and I suppose we we knocked our heads together and we came up with a plan of uh, we got four coaches. I was one of them. Uh, Noel McGrath, Lee Chin and Amy O'Connor. Uh, so what it is is basically we a coach will get a month. So in that month, they'll give four videos each of one skill a week. So just say the jab lift. And I don't know who done the jab lift. No, it could have been me. I don't know. Uh, the jab lift. But we break that down into three different levels of a jab pick. So if you're just starting off, we give you a level, middle level, and a really, really hard one, like full speed for mm -hmm. a county player. Um, on, on, on that as well, like you get home, they got homework, they got chats from the coaches, all that kind of stuff. So that was... I think there was about 16 or 20 skills we broke down and that was just for the first four months. So the kids at home, whoever had signed up, uh, went through all the skills, done their homework. Uh, they have the 20 skills still on their uh, home screen so they can always go back and just get better every, every time they go, go out in their back garden to, to practice. So from there, uh, we're actually going to fill them in next week with uh, three more county players from other counties, not Cork. Um, and we're going to go into more of what that player sees. So that player could be, um, one of them is going to be Tony Kelly. Um, the other is going to be Austin Gleeson and Declan Hannon. Brilliant. Uh, what the, yeah, what they're going to do is they're going to tell us how what they see in their positions and the skills they need to be good at and uh, how they create space for themselves because the three players that I just mentioned seem to all be on their own with the ball. Mm -hmm. So um, it'll just be good to get an insight into what they see on the field and uh, the skills they need to perfect how they play, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's, it's a class thing and uh, there's a lot of uh, good feedback coming from it for kids and we have good videos in. The kids can send back in um, videos of them doing the skills as well. And we'll we'll have a chat then with the kids, see like you know how they can get better and all this. And yeah, it's good as class, and uh, we're really enjoying it anyway. Super. So when did you when did you launch it, and then kind of watch the pickup been like in the first? Because this is all just pretty recent, right? This is in the last couple of months. Yeah, it's it's only last three months. I'd say three months. Uh, yeah, we've got a lot of uh, pickup from it. Uh, a lot of good feedback on it. Uh, the website is actually class. Take a look at it. It's um, it's really easy. Get the home screen. There's nothing hard about it. There was a couple of videos came in. The kids be out the back with their gear on and up on the chairs, their iPad. So like, I suppose starting off, it was about the skills. But on top of that, I see my uh, my nieces and nephews there. They play as well. They're eight, nine, ten, I think. Um, and they're at home and they're playing their iPads and. Grand, like you leave them alone mm -hmm. for an hour and you go back and they're still playing the iPad and you're like, Jesus, what, what's going on here? Like, but like we tried, we're trying to get them on the iPad, but get them off. So we have a four or five minute video they can watch as much as they want. Watch it once, go out the back and play hurling, you know what I mean? And the longer they're out the back, obviously the better, like, and you know, it's better for them. It's better for everybody really, because looking at the screen, like kids is just, I, I, I don't agree with it anyway, you know? It's. It sounds like that's kind of fusing that. I suppose it's using technology in a way because, as we all know, like kids and adults, we're all on these screens anyway, and 
tapping and scrolling yeah. and swiping but you're actually using it in a way then that can pro- propel kids forward to to move to if it's functional movement if it's engaging with skills actually the engagement then of looking at a like a hero or a role model doing something and then trying to replicate it but also then actually recording it and they're they're able to send it back in so there's that kind of mechanism where they feel like they're somewhat like interacting or engaging with these elite players is that kind of yeah. the gist of what's happening yeah Brilliant. that is what's happening Brilliant. and I, I forgot to mention actually i forgot to mention when i was saying it there uh, we actually have a fun uh, a strength and conditioning coach it's the dublin football strength and conditioning coach uh mark brady he was our coach uh, two years ago, I think. Um, but he does fundamental movement videos every month as well, one a month, where he gives three or four exercises that, you know, hopping, skipping, jumping, things that um, I would say, I won't say in my day, now thinking I was, I'm whatever, but, uh, you know, like years and years ago, kids would have been, you know, jumping walls, climbing trees, skipping down the road or whatever like that. You just don't see as much as that anymore. Uh, and I think a lot of that could be down to like playstations and Fortnite and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it's just it's good to hear from him every month, you know, to to get him up and moving and jumping around, and it's, it's class like. And if if anyone that's listening wants to check out the website for for themselves or for their kids, what's the what's the website? Prohurling.e. That's Pro all. Brilliant. And then that's what's it. it like from yourself being what what. What was it like taking something like that that starts as an idea? It, it starts as an idea in your head, right? Um, yeah. What's it like then kind of chatting to a few people about that, taking it into like a concept or a prototype, or I'm sure you've seen some uglier versions of the website than it is now, and yeah, taking it yeah, through yeah, those yeah. those yeah. steps to actually getting it to the point where you go, I, I, hey, I'm putting my name to this, I'm putting my time and energy to this because I believe in it and I'm going to roll out. So talk to us a little bit about the journey then from kind of pre-launch basically yeah um as you just said uh the first the first time the website was sent us as a, a dummy link it wasn't too impressive uh and i'm probably i'm probably nice i'm probably the one the one that's been nice of all time but the other the other two aren't as nice <laughs> so they want everything done perfect to be fair and uh they're really good at that they're, that's their side of it they're good at that and uh you know i would trust them with that and they would trust me with what I'd be good at and uh, that's the kind of way we run it like mm-hmm. there's never any arguments between us um, we just want the best for the the website and the videos actually are very important as well uh, the quality of the videos and uh, the homework given and the feedback we give the kids when we get videos back that's that's the most important that that kind of what the kid is getting do you know what I mean mm-hmm. nothing else kind of matters like what have you what have you enjoyed about the journey the most so far excuse me uh, the filming days, I suppose, for me, because I get to play hurling, uh, do a strike and do it. Like there's, there's a, we've we're on Instagram, I think on Facebook. I'm not sure about. T- we are on TikTok, right? I never saw it. Uh, I just got told there a while ago that we have a video up on it. I think there's like 10.6 million views on it or something like serious? that. Which is it sounds nuts anyway. I don't know how it's it got to that, but. Uh, it's good like we get the players to do all mm-hmm. skills when they come down just you know a crossbar challenge or uh, hitting this or hitting that or whatever and it's just we throw them up and see is there any interaction with other kids that want to try those skills you know and then this because it sounds like I mean obviously the, the passion for it's jumping off your face and you're, you're more or less smiling the whole way through the conversation about about the, the website and the project is is this something you're at full time or are you still working 
like are you still working your regular job is this is it going hand in hand with that kind of what's your lay of the land at the moment there yeah i work with dulux i'm on the road for dulux paints uh i absolutely love that as well uh you know get to chat to different people lovely people actually on the road every day um yeah really enjoy them there now uh, over a year and a half and it actually feels like about a week you know what i mean it's just flowing like it's just and that's what happens when you enjoy something like uh the time flies and that's it, yeah. That's um, normally people talk about like sport life balance or sport work balance, but you're going for sp- sport work work life balance now. Is that it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like um, usually, usually what's supposed to happen with work is you wake up on a morning and say, "Oh no, I have to do this," but I actually I I have never uh, done that uh, with you. Looks anyway, not yet. No, uh, really enjoy it. Really. Uh, you know, even the, the fellas on my team, the boys on my team, sound like and really helpful people. Like, so I'm happy out, you know. That's it for part one, folks. We'll be right back with part two. Patrick, 2022 was a big year for you for another reason, on top of what we've already discussed, in that you became a first time father and a first time parent along with your wife, Ashley. How has, how has that been and how has life had to adjust since the arrival of baby Jack? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been class. Uh, I actually can't. I like it's hard to describe because um, we, me and Ashley, actually had this conversation the other day, saying like uh, before the child came, like we were saying, oh, we won't be able to do this. No, we won't be able to do that. Or we can't go here. We can't go there. And then you see the child straight away, and you're like, I don't want to go anywhere. Do you know? All you want is just to be with them all the time. And uh, we've called play a book there now for August, I think, and. Like we're after having this chat already. Like we kind of, we kind of didn't want to go. So uh, we'll probably talk by the time it comes. But yeah, it's 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 a class feeling. Like, and he's very good to be fair. When did when did he arrive? Twenty uh, first of April. Yeah. So it's. I think it was. Uh, I think it was shortly after the Limerick game. So depressed from the Limerick game, and then happy straight away when I see him. <laughs> so. What's I suppose when you're mid-season like that and obviously we've talked about routines and performance and trying to mind yourself and adjust yourself how like genuinely how big of a challenge is like having another life form in your house and the responsibility of that Um, I know Joe say GAA players are I suppose more importantly like elite athletes are often associated where you have to be a bit selfish at times and you're kind of focused on yourself to peak for a weekend so like genuinely how has that adjustment been for you? Um, to be fair, I had like it's it has been the same for me the whole time because I've no problem waking uh, or having Jack all the time or whatever. But uh, around games and stuff like that, Ashley is really good too, and she understands like the, the commitment I have to playing hurling and uh, playing a game in front of forty or fifty thousand people isn't really great if you haven't slept. <laughs> so she's very good that way as well, and uh, yeah, it's 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 all good. Like it's. There's no bother and get plenty of sleep before games, but other than that, we're we're all Jack. Were you were you binge reading binge reading all the baby books on the lead in, or did you were you more of a, a wing it no, and an adapt on your feet type? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That was me. Uh I left that to Ashley. I I just left it off. I winged it. Whatever came at me, I just it was I was great though. Like I it's hard to I actually like I can't describe it. It's it's weird. Like I just 
I didn't think it'd be it'd be like this. Do you know what I mean? It's just so class, like. I know, I know you're saying you can't describe it, but do your best for me. Give 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 me give me give me a go at it. Uh like we, I I I'd put it back on hurling and the mood that that would put you in. Sometimes like you would have a temper on you, or you'd have you'd be depressed after lose, and as we are there, like and mm. come in the door, like and just see the small fella, and you're like. Oh whatever like you know what yeah. I mean I go training again Tuesday and we try to win the next one or whatever like that but just seeing the child is just everything really do you know it sounds like it's something that like I, was, I don't have any children myself but just from listening to you there like it sounds like it it really adds a a deeper sense of perspective almost to you in terms of like we've kind of talked about you know work life off the field um like playing hurling, but this is like a whole extra thing that really puts the others into perspective. Am I picking that up right? Yeah, like, um, and we ran about well ago, uh, you know, how you keep your thoughts on what you're supposed to do at the time. And he he makes you have your thoughts with him, that's for sure, anyway, because if he's hungry, you can't think of nothing else. Uh, and it's class. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're delighted with him. And we're actually... Uh, you know, he came along and he saw. He's to be fair, he's so good. We've uh, we said like, oh, where were you like? You know, five or six years ago, we could have done with you. You know, like just to have him around, like just lovely little thing, like so. Like obviously, Patrick, like listen to you there. We've talked about those different pillars of your life, and it's something that has evolved for you, and you're kind of changing and adapting as you go. And I was just curious, have have you engage with the GPA much as a, I know like you've been core captain, you've probably been um, through like workshops with the GPA or they've had reps down talking to you. Have, have you engaged with much of them on an individual level over the years? Um, uh, a small amount, yeah. Um, I suppose we had the reps down every year, I'd say. Uh, Ian Reeves and the lads. Um, and they've been unbelievably helpful to our panel anyway. And I know other lads who you know, uh, need the GPA a lot and they, whatever they need, they, they're given, you know what I mean, with courses or whatever they need. Um, I suppose for me, uh, the biggest thing for me was, you know, you're go uh, I went for a few jobs like the last few years and it's not easy to put a, your own CV together that looks, you know, sometimes you kind of downgrade yourself like if you're... Uh, if you're trying to talk about yourself on a CV, you're nearly saying, oh, well, no, no, no. Whereas, like, they put you on to professionals and they're saying, oh, well, what did you do? And like, oh, they're like, oh, that's very good. And the way they map it out uh, for you is just like, like nothing you could have done yourself, you know what I mean? To be gotcha. fair, you know, like, um, and any time, like anything we've ever uh, needed, like, they're just there, like, you know what I mean? Even setting up pro hurling now, and I, I didn't, like, we didn't need anything from the GPA, but Ian Reeves, like, uh, sent us on an email there one day, just helping out whatever way he could, like, and just uh, making sure we'd everything, uh, all our ducks in a row, really, do you know? And they're sound that way. Yeah, I think even just going back to the CV example you gave there, like, it is, it's so funny, and I don't know if it's an Irish thing too, where, like, you're like, I can't, like, compliment myself or, like, big myself yeah. up, like, like, who do you think you are? Um, yeah, yeah. But then just having, like, a professional then that's able to, like, hear you describe or kind of talk about your achievements where they can actually maximise your strengths and kind of shape it in a way that makes it more, 
not just presentable, but probably more clear for whoever's going to be looking at it, at it on the other side. Yeah. Is that kind of what you're saying in terms of it being like a yeah, helpful? And the truth as well. And yeah. Yeah, and the truth as well, because sometimes there, even in interviews, I don't know, it, it could be an Irish thing, you're right. Uh, the interviewer like asks you, oh, tell us about yourself, and you're kind of half looking around saying, oh, has this been recorded or what here? Because what I'm going to say is going to be cringe, like, or, you know, anything, you know, and it might even be, like, it might be just saying how it is or whatever, but I just think that's the way we are, like, and, uh, yeah, they helped with the CV that time, that was, uh, that was savage, how they, how, how they make it look and how they form at it, do you know what I mean? And your your kind of what's your career path been like through, say your intercounty hurling career where you made your debut in twenty eighteen? Like, have you gone from different jobs through that? Have you had a kind of consistent flow? Have you done various different things? What's that kind of flow been like for you? It would have been it would have been a bit different. Um, it would have been a bit different because, and I tell you, a lot of that reason would be, I suppose, when I came onto the Cork panel first, uh, started playing hurling, and obviously the years click away mm -hmm. very very fast. Um, and I suppose I've always heard about fellas that get caught doing this, but I like I just didn't care, you know what I mean? I didn't care what happened from nine to five. All I cared about was what happened from seven to half eight, you know. And uh, I never really thought, oh, yeah, I'll go here and over with a job, right? Trying to do this, so I'll try that. The only thing I'd be interested in is playing. And I was just getting through the day to get to the training, you know what I mean? And practically, what were, you, practically what were you doing, Patrick? Like, where are you working? Where are you in college? Like, what, was, what were you doing on yeah, the days? I, no, I, was, I, was, uh, I started off first as a, a carpenter. Uh, I got my qualifications in that. Okay. Uh, I was uh, on the floor in EMC for a couple of years. Uh, I went doing logistics, air freight. Uh, for another couple of years, but it was all, like one kind of led into another. From, mm -hmm. Like from EMC to logistics was a kind of it was a connection there between two of them. But um, all through that journey, it was near, like my work was nearly a blur. Like all I needed to do was play hurling, and I suppose a good few years ago, I just thought, look, I'll, I have to start doing something here, like because obviously, as we said, well, I go hurling won't be around forever, like and someday you'll get the bullet and you'll end up with nothing and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I suppose I started, uh, you know, thinking of what I'd love to do and uh, this job came up in Dulux and like, it, like dream stuff really because, you know, it's exactly what, it, what I would want. Uh, and it's, it, was, it was there and uh, I went for that and uh, thankfully I, I got that and there I am now, yeah. And though just like kind of recapping that because I think it's I really do think it's super insightful and helpful to and definitely for other players isn't it Patrick of just being going through that phase of life where you're just kind of ticking the box and probably getting a few quid just so you can go training in the evening you know and just kind of it's it's basically kind of just surviving off the pitch so you can go thrive on the pitch you know um, yeah and as you said they, they all kind of lead in. And, and and I suppose move you forward. Um, when you look back on that time, is there any kind? Is there anything? Any key learnings to jump out, or kind of anything you regret from that window when you were just kind of? I mean, I I don't mean literally coasting, but you know, you kind of talked about it there. Is there anything that like you you think about, or in terms of a lesson that you take away from it? I could say or do what I done earlier, but all opportunities come and go in different places, and maybe I mightn't have ended up where I am. Uh, and that would have been a bad thing because where I am now I'm absolutely delighted so uh, I, I probably wouldn't change anything because at the time 
I had my thoughts and uh, I just thought, look, this is what I'm going to do and I love playing. And I heard it before, like through players in the GPA who would have said this, like who would have said like, oh, mind your career off the field because it won't be forever on the field and all this. And I took notice of it and stuff, but I just thought, I just thought, nah, nah, I'll deal with that some other time, like, you know. And then... And that's basically the way it was. The, jo- the job that you're doing now with Dulux Paints, like you, you said about kind of being on the road and being around other people and kind of being, it's kind of more out and about, is it? Um, how how did you know that was something you were looking for? Is that something like you thought yourself and then start looking for jobs like that? Or did you kind of start and then realise, oh, this is what I like? What was that kind of mechanism like? I knew one or two people that would have been in there. I I, I kind of wanted to be on the road for someone all along. And I suppose chatting to people on, on the road and uh, I suppose a big company like you looks like who are down the, the common road only two minutes down the road from my mum's house like it's somewhere I would have always kind of seen anyway do you know it's a big massive factory lot there but uh, yeah I suppose it just it just came up and the more I got to know about the place then and the more I got to know about the job and being on the road and stuff like that I just said yeah this is definitely something I wanted to go for grand like I could have went into it and I could have been oh no like what have I got myself into but it's been the complete opposite it's been exactly what I thought it might be you know uh, and I enjoy every bit of it no like as I as, as I've sit here for you know the good to the last hour Patrick and we're chatting and we've covered those big kind of pillars of life of sport of work of off off the field and personal stuff like it's I get the impression or I get the feeling that you know you're in a pretty good place right now and you're comfortable with both who you are, where you are and what you're doing. Is Am I picking that up right? Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. Um, and I don't want to be one of these fellas who, oh, yeah, if this is all going good and that's all going good because it always doesn't. There's mm. things always in eye and there's things always get you down and all that kind of stuff. But that's that's part of life, like, isn't it? And I suppose just bounce back from everything and just drive on and enjoy what you do. Like, that's that's what it's all about, isn't it? A hundred percent. And kind of as I as I look to wrap up, there's kind of, there's definitely two questions in my mind. I suppose the first one is, as we've kind of done all this reflection, and particularly on the sports side, like, how like, do you feel that sport has has added to you as a person and now as a father, and in kind of and in what ways? Um. Yeah, I would have to say yeah. Um, I suppose I wouldn't be as a. Uh, I'm that kind of being strict I suppose I'm strict on myself because of you know the level you have to be to play county hurling and even hurling in general if you take it serious you have to be strict in a lot of ways with yourself and uh, I suppose that kind of automatically kind of steadies you up a bit doesn't it like I I always say like if uh, kids like would nearly have to be involved in a sport obviously if medical reasons and stuff uh, say otherwise they're not uh, but I think if, if if a kid can play a sport they should because uh, you learn a lot from it You're, uh, as we said we're to go like-minded people like-minded kids uh, friends for life that's what I have in the Glen like um, I leave uh, from the call now in a while there and I go to the Glen I'm going to meet people up there I met when I was nine up there and we're all still best friends like you know uh, and there are things like that you you get once once you join your local club, whatever that is, and it's probably the best uh, the best advice I could ever give anyone is play a sport at a young age, like because you meet people for life there, and it's it's great. Like, 
No, I think that's incredible. Like it, and there's just so much in what you've just said there. And I suppose like when you, when you said being strict there, like what, what did you mean by that? Are you, are you talking about being disciplined and kind of choices? What was discipline? Your... Yeah. Discipline. Like there's, uh, uh, just knowing like what you can and can't do. Like if you have a game on Sunday, you can't do certain things before the game. And, uh, I suppose that control basically like, you know, that, mm. that back to that control over yourself, like, uh, just knowing that you have to be at a certain level t- uh, to play the sport and you either want to play it or you don't. And if you don't, just don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you do want to play it, these are the things you have to do. Like, Yeah. And then my last question for you, Patrick, is and you mentioned kind of advice for people there. I suppose if I was to ask you in terms of advice specifically for any intercounty player that's listening to this chat, I know like so we've been doing this whole series in, collabor- in collaboration with the GPA and particularly the Bio360 programme which is basically a personal development program for players. You're someone who like you're at 34 years of age, you've had, you've already had such a long career full of highs and lows. You've had all stars, Munster titles, played in all Ireland finals. For an intercounty player that's kind of at the early stages of that journey, think of yourself back in 2008 and kind of where you're, where you are in life at that point, what advice would you give for, for players that are just beginning their intercounty path? Uh, I suppose the one thing uh, that stands out to me and I see a lot of young fellas we have now with, with Cork is like the time goes really fast and I suppose just make sure like you enjoy it is number one because I see young fellas there playing with us uh, we do all enjoy our hurling now but um, I seen them come onto the panel when they were 18 and now they're 26, 25, 26 and that felt like only couple of years ago six or seven seven or eight years ago like so it goes very fast and I suppose outside of trying to win anything which we're all trying to do you know you can you can say you're mad to win this and mad to win that we're all mad to win but I suppose um you'll have a bad you'll have a bad enough career like if that's all you want to do you want if you don't enjoy your other times and your other uh moments along the way um you won't enjoy uh looking back on, on your career like you know no that's perfect I think it's such a, a nice way to end our conversation and the last thing I have to say is Patrick Horgan thank you thanks very much Alan. the Players Voice podcast is brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks to listen to previous episodes with leading inter-county players like Con Patrick and Lisa O'Rourke make sure to subscribe by searching The Player's Voice on whichever podcast platform you prefer. And while there, you would really be helping us out if you rated or reviewed the show. Don't forget, you can find out more about the GPA's Bio360 program by visiting bio360.gaelicplayers.com. My name is Alan O'Mara, and to find out more about my work as a performance and wellbeing consultant, please go to www.realtalks.e. Or you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at AOM the Cat. Thanks for listening.